This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Yo, very, very welcome, Willem. Um, it's so good to have you here with us at Into Me C. Uh, in our program, we talk about realities. We talk about uh, redemption. We talk about reco- uh, restoration in the face of addiction. So it's it's very, very special to have you with us. Very, very welcome, Willem. Thank you for having me. Thank mm. you so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Willem, in our previous episode, Frederick and I focus on the following lines, and we're continuing with that. Accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Um, so, listeners, if you missed any of the previous episodes, be less, be sure to listen to them on podcast at capepulpit.co.za. You can also download them and share it with a friend. In this episode, we will continue to focus on the lines of the serenity prayer, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, and taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is and not as I would have it. As we hear Willem sharing his realities during the journey of restoration and redemption. So before we actually go into the serenity prayer and those lines, uh, Willem, um, you have been on a recovery and restoration journey for quite a couple of years. How many years is that? Uh, Thanks, Frederick. So my my recovery journey has been an interesting one. Um, Um, I've I've been keen from substance abuse since November 2007. Um, Back then, I I just really didn't know where my life was going, um, and I was substituting those discomfort feelings um, with substances and self-medicating on that. Mm. Eventually, eventually I just came to a precipice where I had to decide, am I going to continue this way or not? Mm. And... um, I did a couple of phone calls and my recovery journey started. So uh, you say it started in 2007? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and for how long prior to that had you been struggling um, with uh, with your uh, the addictions? Let's be fi- uh, honest and re- real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I think, I think I was probably an addict since my when um, I started drinking and, and smoking um, marijuana mm. um, just to escape and try and be exciting. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, so what, what I think then happened was that uh, the disease of addiction then formed in my life and uh, the way it manifested was uh, by taking substances and, and drinking mm. profusely. And so I, I probably struggled for since about 16 till the age of 23. So that's six, seven, seven years. And mm. um, trying trying to escape that, uh, you know, move towns, I moved houses, I moved countries. Mm. Um, and and it, the shadow followed me. Um, mm. And it was it was only until the damages got so big and the consequences of my addiction got so big that I and and the pain uh, got so mm. hard and and so big that something had to give you know and um, mm. in in the fellowships we say we end up in jails institutions and death and and I really didn't want to die and I really didn't want to end up in jail so. Mm. I had to get to an institution that 
could help me uh, and teach me how how to overcome addiction because I didn't know how. Yeah. Oh. I, I, yeah. Wish, I wish I I wish I knew. I wish schools mm. taught kids about fellowships, uh, about addiction, about mental health. Um, and, and I just didn't know. So um, I was lucky and privileged enough uh, to go to a treatment facility out in Komiki. They, they make a joke in the fellowships. They say they call it a treatment facility because it's a treat to go to one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the recovery process was getting introduced to the fellowship, introduced to the 12 steps. Uh, and, and getting introduced to form some kind of a relationship with God again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and things went very well for very long, um, Frederick and Suki. Uh, my, my substance abuse, you know, I don't want to use the word under control because control is not in my hands, but you know, I, I wasn't lapsing, I wasn't relapsing. I was taking part in fellowship. I was giving service. Um, but my relationship with God was actually lacking um Mm. you know we talk in the fellowships about um that that it's a spiritual program um Mm. and i i really i really misunderstood that um in in a wrong way um the the way i understood it didn't assist me in formulating a real relationship with god um uh, it was more of a pie in the sky kind of a thing than and an actual relationship with God. Um, uh, Willem, before we go a little bit deeper into that, there's something that you mentioned that I'd just like us to go to uh, like us to go back to, uh, if you don't mind. Sorry, I interrupted yep. you. Uh, you were saying as a teen uh, you were escaping, and I was just wondering what were you escaping from? Um, because you said that there were some things that that were happening to you. What was it that that you, when you look back, that you were numbing. That's a good question, Frederick. Um, in in addiction, we we talk a lot about um, that the disease's origin um, could come from the social situation that you find yourself in, or mm. or some kind of a traumatic experience that mm, mm. you've gone through. Um, and it's very difficult for me to pinpoint the exact trauma that I might have gone through because when I look back, you know, I just remember my, my parents trying to do the best they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sometimes feel a little bit um, apprehensive to say that there was trauma in my life because I f- feel like that might could be misunderstood uh, as blaming, you know, my situation or my parents or my friends for causing trauma. But, um, you know, there were instances of um, sexual abuse uh, from a very young age. Um, old, old, older friends uh, introducing me to, you know, things that could escape. Um, and I don't necessarily think that it was because I was in a painful or traumatic situation during my life. It was more of being introduced to something that could be exciting. Mm. And then mm. whenever whenever there was some kind of a discomfort in my life, mm. um, and I mean, that could that could be something easily like just somebody saying no to asking for a suite or mm. somebody mm. saying no when you want to play outside for an extra hour, mm. um, that, that there was this mechanism that the discomfort could be treated. And mm. what, once, once you escape into the mechanism, whether it's a substance or a process, 
then it's, it's kind of a self-medicating. And I think that's what happened. I, mm. I, I think I just found a way, which is addiction, mm. to self-medicate um, feeling a discomforting emotion. Mm. Mm. Willem, trauma is, is such a common thing. I think we all experience trauma at some stage because we live in a broken world, you know. Our theme for today is taking the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. And we get exposed to situations and when we have that big trauma that happened to us somewhere in our lives and it's very individual what people experience as trauma. It's not for nobody to judge about what, what, whether this situation was traumatic because it depends on your background, it depends on the context you were living in like you rightfully said. And then after that, so they call it the big T and then small T's. And many are small little things that, that you experience as trauma hook onto that big trauma and yeah. eventually like you say you find a way to medicate the pain that you constantly have and then and then you form it forms a certain template mm. that mm. you go to whether it's process or whether it's substance so I can I yeah. completely understand what you say and so trauma um, is also said any trauma is trauma when there is something that happens to you that is out of your control. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, like you were saying, if somebody tells you, um, no, you cannot have a suite, there's no way that you can control that. Yeah. So that yeah. may be a minute uh, trauma, but it is trauma. Um, exactly. Very, very minute, of yeah, course, not but really anything that, but, else yeah. that is out of out of your control yeah. um, could be could be defined as a trauma, and 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 that really also just brings me to um, the point where we are out of control. Eh? We are powerless over so many things, and uh, and that takes me back to the step one of our, of our twelve steps that says. Um, we are powerless and we are out of control of a certain area in our lives and we need to surrender and we need to accept, mm-hmm. uh, get to that point of admission. You know, Matthew 5, 3 says, The poor in spirit are blessed for the kingdom of heaven belongs, uh, is theirs. And um, when we are poor in spirit, when we, we are not trying to control, in other words, we are getting to the point now where we are saying, just as Jesus did, we accept the sinful world as it is, not as we would have it. But but let's continue with our discussion after we've had a short break, and then uh, we'll continue. Thank you, Willem. Willem, before Frederick um, asked you that question, um, I was thinking about, did you know Jesus before um, you— because you mentioned how you came to a deeper spiritual understanding in the beginning, you were not sure. But did you know him before as a child, or was it the first time when you really come came to a deeper knowledge of him? Oh, thank, thanks for asking that, Suki. Um, I, I was brought up in a Christian home. Um, my mom and I went to church every Sunday. I took part in Sunday school, um, and I and I loved it. I loved church. I loved the community at church. I loved. God and Jesus, um, and I had a relationship. Uh, I prayed every morning and every night, and I read my Bible. Um, and somewhere along the way, in high school, and I think it was when I became self-aware, or thought I became self-aware by uh, wanting to be cool or wanting to be interpreted popu- popularly or as mm-hmm. a cool person, that um, 
religion or and church just didn't become cool. And because I wanted to be accepted, because I wanted to be part of, you know, the pop culture, um, my uh, relationship with Jesus and my commitment to church just became less and less and less. And and once I left school, um, there was just no real reason for me to go to church anymore because of you know these things which I thought was cool and wasn't cool, and um, the the lack of that relationship and that community at church just assisted that void that formed in my life um, to become bigger and, and darker and allow negative. Uh, bad habits and addiction to grow in. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a great testament that w- while I don't have a relationship with Jesus and God, things tend to go the, the wrong way. Mm. Mm. And then you said even after recovery, when we, the the spiritual the spiritual program, you still quite didn't get it. So what what yeah. changed? What what came in that? that help you to see it in a different way or to get back to that real relationship with the Lord? Yes. So um, our, our step two and step three tells us, um, talk, talks about a power greater than yourself um, and that it can be your understanding. So the, the concept of a higher power um, could be God um, in a religious aspect, but it could also be anything else as long as the entity is just loving and forgiving. Mm. Um, and and because I think I was I still had my reservations with um, church and whether what I thought was cool in terms of spirituality and religion, I just didn't cross that precipice to to practice my relationship with God in a religious fashion. So I, I just had a concept um, that something must be out there that loves me and accepts me and forgives me, um, but it wasn't enough. It, and because because the void was, there was still that reservation, the void wasn't truly filled with a proper relationship with God. Um, my, my addiction uh, journey moved from, from substance abuse to, to process addiction. Um, and, and I entered another fellowship about 18 months ago to start um, a deeper recovery journey. Mm. Um, and and in, in that first month in this um, new uh, recovery journey, uh, I, I just broke down to my knees and, and did um, the prayer accepting Jesus as my Savior all over again. Mm. Um, and, and just embracing the relationship and speaking to like-minded people who have that same relationship mm. so that I could foster it and grow it. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, praise the Lord for that. And, and what, what I see, what happened, um, Willem, is uh, Matthew 5, verses 6, is those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness mm. are blessed for they will be filled. Mm. And it's that moment when uh, that void that you were talking about, when that void that you became aware of Mm. and you hungered after something deeper, and that is when you entered into this personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, and that is where the hope comes. And also surrender, right? That's what I hear. Mm. I cannot yeah. do this anymore. I cannot. Yeah. I need you, God. I cannot do this on my own. I really need you for this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and what I also see, Willem, is that 
the addictions and the substance abuse, I mean, that was not easy. And uh, it was not our own choices. I, I was also have a background of addiction. I mean, we don't choose to be addicted. And that is a hardship. And once while we are in it, we cannot imagine that peace can come from this. So how do you relate to this with regards to uh, what you were before you came to Jesus and what you, you are and, and have once you did come into that personal relationship? Well, you know, it's one of the biggest things everyone wants is a peaceful life. Mm. Um, I, I think, you know, part of where I got the peace or where I'm getting my peace is that surrender which Suki was talking about. And that's just saying something in the line of, I'm, I'm not the one that's going to try and control the whole world and the whole universe. I'm mm. not the one that's going to control the past or the future or even the present. I I, I am only a human and mm. I cannot control all of that. Um, and part of addiction is thinking um, or having the misunderstanding that I can control that. Mm. And the peace and the relief comes from saying, oh, I, I, I'm not the one in control. I don't mm. want to control this. Mm. Let Jesus mm. control this. Let, let him take the reins mm. and I'll just follow him. Mm. Um, and it's just such a such an empowering thought um, to be able to say that. You know, mm. it's, like a, it's like a child that, you know, doesn't have to drive the car because dad drives the car. Mm. And and the child can just enjoy the moment in the back seat and in the in the safety seat playing and looking at the scenery mm. because somebody else in control, somebody else is taking them to the destination. Mm. Absolutely. Willem, can you tell us during this time, I mean, we've been in difficult times the past year with the pandemic. And now on top of that, all the turmoil that we see in our country and the economic insecurity and everything that comes with that. Um, how does how do you continue with your recovery process? Um, how does your recovery help you in amidst these circumstances? Um, I, I think it's, it's so difficult um, with with lockdown and the pandemic for especially recovery people to stay um, within the fellowships to stay on the recovery journey. Exactly. Um, it you know, but. Part of our fellowships is um, the the emphasis that we do not recover in isolation. Mm, we recover yes, yes, we recover yes. as a fellowship as a brethren. Um, so true, and it's mm. and it's so difficult to recover as a fellowship um, if we can't uh, be intimate uh, with each other in in the same room at least. Mm. Um, and I think so many people only know physical intimacy, and not not only like not only sexual intimacy, but being mm. in close proximity, being mm. in the warmth of somebody's comfort, you know, that mm, type mm, of physical mm. intimacy. And that's what we find in the rooms and in the, in the meetings. So the lock, lockdown has taken that away from people mm. in recovery. And we've had to resort to um, WhatsApp calls and, and WhatsApp meetings and Zoom meetings to try and uh, endure and persevere some kind of a fellowship. Um, and it's served its purpose. It's mm. done well for those um, of us that have had some clean time. But I feel so. I feel so concerned for those 
start just starting off their recovery journey because that intimacy being you know getting that hug getting that warm cup of coffee at your first meeting is so vital mm. um to feel part of the family to feel accepted to feel forgiven immediately and and i think that's been the most difficult thing during lockdowns and, and this pandemic that that aspect of the fellowships have been lacking Mm. Sure, Willem, I, I really uh, appreciate what you are saying, but while you are saying those things, I get glimmers of hope. And um, so I, I want us to, to work towards the end and, and say that there is hope. And um, I, I'm referring back to Psalm 56, uh, verses 8 and 9, is, and it says, You, God, you yourself have recorded my wanderings. So he knows exactly where we have been and uh, where we are going. Um, you've put my tears in your bottle. Are they not re- in your records and wow, that's so precious for me that God knows exactly the hurts, mm-hmm. the hang-ups, the, the habits uh, and the pain that I've been going through. The struggle of not being able to meet. Yeah, the struggle of not being able to meet and yeah. then we see that the pandemic and this virus is really our enemy. And then verse 9 says, Then my enemies will retreat on the day when I call out to him. This I know, God is for me. And that is so very, very special. Mm -hmm. And in that, I'm thinking about the tools of the program and the fact that we are still able to meet on Zoom in those places, how we can come alongside one another and encourage one another and even have personal phone calls with each other. That's what we have reverted to. And it's been a great comfort for me, at least, that we can have that. And uh, just also the what we're saying, accepting hardship as a pathway mm. to peace, hey? mm. that it's not going to be easy. And, uh, and it, just in the acceptance, there's some peace that that God is with us, like Frederica just read to us. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, in our program, we're dealing with reality. We are dealing with restoration and we are dealing with redemption in the face of addiction. Yeah. And uh, so thank you very, very much, uh, Willem, for uh, joining us. And uh, you have really been a testimony of this process of um, rescue, recovery, reality, reality, redemption, and restoration. Mm. Thank you very, very much for joining us. Suki Mm. also has just something to, to say. Yeah, thank you for being vulnerable. And listeners, please continue to send your comments and remarks and questions to fredericksuki at kpulpit.co.za. Until next time, bless you. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.